Welcome to the Retzel Health Law Hotspot. Health Law Hotspot is a podcast for physicians and health professionals that covers the legal issues and trends that affect the healthcare industry. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Health Law Hotspot. I'm Erica Adler, shareholder and leader of the healthcare practice group at Retzel and Andrus. And today I'm joined by my colleague, Christina Kuda, who's my favorite guest and also a member of our health law practice. Christina is going to inform us all today about the steps that clients who are licensed in a particular state should be taking when they are contacted by the state to let them know that they're under investigation for some reason, as well as some of the issues that cause licensed individuals to be under investigation. Uh, I'm sure there's more that we're gonna cover as well, but let's just jump right into it. Christina, you're a licensed professional, a doctor, a dentist, another professional, you're contacted by the state. How does that contact usually occur and what should that provider be thinking about? So generally providers that are contacted by their state licensing board will get a letter in the mail sometimes an email, but still people are from the boards using mail as the predominant way to be contacted. And a lot of people would think something important becomes certified or, you know, through some kind of carrier like FedEx, UPS. That's generally not been my experience. It's just the good old United States Postal Service delivering a letter to a provider um, from their state medical board. Okay, so we've had people though who receive phone calls by somebody claiming to be from the department and they may be, um, I know in a couple of cases over the past few years, um, you may have just an investigator show up and ask questions, may not be a formal investigation, but they might be like looking into things. So what should you do regardless of how you're contacted? So definitely, let's talk a little bit about if you're contacted in person. One of the things you want to do is verify credentials, verify information, make sure this person is who they say they are. Um, one of the things we'll talk about today is the theme, the importance of having knowledgeable legal counsel to assist you. If you have legal counsel, I always urge you, if you're contacted in person by somebody, to contact your counsel right away. Just tell the person, look, I'm not refusing to talk to you, but I do have legal counsel and I'd like to loop them in right now on the situation. Um, same if you're contacted by phone. Take the name, take the number, take the information, and then verify. We have had circumstances where people have been contacted by someone claiming to be an investigator from a board or from some other kind of government agency, and it turns out it wasn't true. Maybe they were a competitor or they were a disgruntled former employee or disgruntled patient who is trying to get information. So you want to be really careful to make sure that you verify everything that you're receiving. Anything in the mail traditionally is really easy to verify. There'll be letterhead, it'll be something formal. But um, one of the also things you want to do when you get any kind of contact is don't ignore it. If you get a letter in the mail, it would surprise you, but we've had clients that see something and just don't think it's a big deal. It'll say from to so-and-so from this medical board, we want to talk to you. Please contact us at you know, your earliest convenience or within you know, 30 days to discuss a, discuss a matter or set up an appointment and they'll ignore it or they'll wait to the last minute or they won't pay attention to it. These things are really important. It may turn out to be nothing. It may be they want to ask you questions related to another provider they're investigating. It may be something very simple, but it also could be something very significant. 
And even when it's something simple, you make it a bigger issue if you ignore it, if you don't meet time frames, et cetera. You wanna make sure you're doing everything you can to meet the expectations of the medical board. So you are not later than turning something that was a molehill into a mountain. Right, and I think you and I have talked about in the past how it's really important to make sure that you actually get the email or the letter. So making sure that your information is correct so you don't miss that deadline is key as well, right? Absolutely. In fact, I'm gonna share with all of you a very cautionary tale that's going to sound like it was a made up fiction, but it absolutely happened. We worked with a client that came to us and here was his situation. Um, in the state of Illinois, for example, the medical board will send letters out if it turns out you haven't paid taxes. And it may just be an oversight and error. Sometimes the Department of Revenue is wrong. But either way, if, if you show up on a list as owing a tax debt, the state medical board will send you a letter and it'll say you have to clear this up in 60 days or your license will be suspended. <coughs> and this particular physician did not update his mailing address with the state medical board, just failed to do it. And because of that, the letter went out to an old address. The medical board got it back saying this person doesn't live here, but it doesn't matter. There was no forwarding address and they are not obligated under the law to try to find you. You're obligated to tell them where you are and keep your address updated. Uh, this physician didn't do that, found out his license was suspended because his employer, a very large medical center, did a routine check. And when they did the check, they saw he didn't have a license. Contacted the board, figured out what happened, paid the back tax, which was under $500, very minimal amount of money here, and had his license restored within a couple of days. Maybe it was a week that he was actually suspended. Well, what he didn't do is, under Medicare, any Medicare world provider has an obligation if there's an action taken against your license to inform Medicare within 30 days. He didn't know about that, didn't do it. So he got a letter six months later from Medicare saying, you didn't tell us your license was suspended. And so you're basically revoked for Medicare for three years. He appealed, Medicare said, we have no leeway here. We understand the situation is awful. Uh, we understand that this was an error when you never got the letter from your state medical board. Doesn't matter, this is the law. When you get out of Medicare for three years, you get fired. All the other commercial payers drop you as a payor. And basically this physician went from being a very active part of the medical profession, having a great career, to spending three years not being able to practice medicine at all and lost his livelihood because he did not update his address with the state medical board. And now for here on after, anytime he wants to be enrolled in a payor or wants to renew his board certification or wants to get on a medical staff at a hospital, he has to disclose that he was revoked for Medicare for three years, which is not a good look when you're applying for these types of um, you know, uh, being involved in these types of uh, payors and with, with medical centers and employers. So that one poor oversight really cost him his career. So very important to always make sure your contact information is updated. If you're moving, tell the postal service first and then tell the state medical board. Right, and I, I think that's a really good point and the interrelationship. So for example, you may also have had a duty to tell your employer if you're working somewhere because most contracts will require you. Plus, if something happens in one state and your license in another, it can trigger your licensure in another state. So there can be a whole series of repercussions based on something that happens in one state, even if you think you've resolved it. 
Right. Absolutely. And let's say a lot of doctors are licensed in more than one state. They'll be licensed in border states, particularly if they live near a border. So the issue with that is, let's say you're licensed in Indiana and Michigan. And Indiana, the state of Indiana takes action against your license somehow. You may have an obligation based on the Medical Practice Act or your Professional Practice Act in Michigan to inform them that you had an action taken against you in Indiana. It may be something that Michigan, if they know about, wouldn't do anything, wouldn't take any action against your license. But the fact that you didn't tell them and you had an obligation can compound it and make it an issue. So you really have to pay attention to what your obligations are too, as far as if something happens in state A, you may have an obligation to notify state B. And if you don't, it may make the situation much, much worse for you. Right, we um, also have to assume that states are gonna find out about things. So we recently had a client who by mistake missed the renewal for their license. And it was only like five days or whatever, but, and they fixed it. So the question we have is, is there an affirmative obligation to let the state know? Do we just take our chances and see if the state finds out? The employer was aware of it. The malpractice carrier was aware. So it wasn't like a billing or malpractice issue. But the question is, can the state do something? Will the state do something? you know, do we just wait and see? And you and I talked about this dilemma with the client. Sure, and the fact that there's a gap in licensure and the fact that that physician practiced during that period not knowing there was a gap in licensure, is another state going to find out about that? Believe it or not, states talk and one state will look into issues that happen in another state. So, you know, the state that this physician's in may not take any action seeing that it was just an oversight, it was only a few days, but that doesn't mean that another state where this physician is licensed doesn't think it's a much bigger deal and wants to make a bigger deal of it with the license that he or she has in that state. Now, licensure issues, are those also going to be reported to the National Practitioner Data Bank as well? They can be, yes. Um, licensure issues, issues related to um, you know, losing privileges at a hospital, um, any actions taken against your license, those types of things are reported to the data bank, which when you're applying for privileges or applying for licensure in a state is reviewed and can be an issue, at least can make um, someone question you as far as wanting to go ahead and give you those privileges or issue you that license. So this is a good, you know, segue for us to talk about what are some good or bad ways to handle that initial investigation, because you and I both know that a good lawyer who knows what they're doing and goes in can minimize the damage, minimize the public knowledge, maybe avoid something being reported to the data bank, uh, and what the end result is labeled as in you know the, the state's records, which can impact everything. So take us through the steps of what happens when you actually are contacted and what you should be doing. So if you're contacted by a state board, they're engaging in some kind of investigation, or sometimes you don't even know why they've contacted you. Again, I always recommend you go to knowledgeable legal counsel that has experience in working with state medical boards and it knows healthcare laws in that particular state. Um, sometimes you'll get a very vague letter. What I always recommend is go to counsel and have counsel contact the medical board and say, I represent this client, please send all correspondence in the future to me as well. I understand that you want to speak to the client. What is this about? And usually lawyer to lawyer, you'll be able to find out more information about what something's about. Obviously they typically wanna have a phone call or a meeting to go ahead and investigate a matter or get more information. 
bring a lawyer to that meeting. There may be questions they ask you that are irrelevant or can't be asked. There may be questions that they ask that a knowledgeable attorney will know, wait a minute, I think this is what they're getting at. I think this is what the issue might be here. Um, there may be things that the attorney can review in advance and know, oh, you do have a problem. You did do something wrong. And maybe the best way is to disclose it and explain it and say, I'm sorry, I didn't know I did this. So having someone supporting you who knows how to deal with the state medical board and has experience is important. And like you said, especially with outcomes, there are certain actions taking against a license that must be reported publicly in certain states. So, you know, there are things that happen to a license that someone may be able to just pull up Google and find or go to the state medical board and search and see that a physician was sanctioned or suspended or something happened. Even if that was based on a reason that has nothing to do with the way they practice medicine, you know, as a physician, you don't want patients seeing that if you can avoid it. But there's also ways that sanctions can happen and the reprimands can happen that are not something that has to be reported legally. And a knowledgeable physician might know that and be able to sort of work with the state medical board to have some sort of resolution that isn't going to require public disclosure. Or even if public disclosure is required, they can work together on what that looks like, what it's going to say, and what it's not going to say to hopefully minimize any negative impact against the physician and their practice. So really important not to go this alone. A lot of people, I, we've had several times where clients have come to us, actually they've already talked to the medical board and they've just spilled their guts on everything. And it, it may be things that we're going to have to disclose later and things we're you know, going to have to obviously be honest about, but there's a way you can approach that. There's a way you can respond and there's a way you can be prepared in advance. That's really important. So always consult legal counsel to help you before you actually speak with anybody at the medical board. And people are concerned that they're gonna think you're guilty of something if you do that. They're used to it. Just say, I'm not refusing to talk to you. I wanna cooperate, obviously. I value my license, but I do have legal counsel. I want to consult in order to you know, best support me in this. And I've never seen a, a board uh, attorney for a medical board look at that negatively or assume that means you're guilty or have any concerns. In fact, oftentimes they like working counsel to counsel because it's easy to kind of resolve things and um, you know get information in a, in, a, in a very good and efficient manner. So I've never seen it come back to haunt somebody by doing that. Right. And I, I think the fact that you're using knowledgeable counsel is really important. I mean, your brother-in-law might be a real estate lawyer, but he may not be doing you any favors if he's the one making the calls because sometimes it's, you know, whether it's the things you say or the things you don't say that can end up hurting your case, right? And so just like, you know, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be closing your real estate deal, um, you know, your real estate lawyer shouldn't be the one talking to the medical board about your license. A couple of other examples I think I wanted to share of some situations where our doctors have been investigated um, as you mentioned, sometimes it's just random complaints from patients um, or competitors. Um, we've had doctors in trouble for uh, prescribing to family members. Um, they were required as a resolution to engage in some uh, education and not to allow, you know, not allowed to do that any longer, but they didn't end up being disciplined. We've had physicians who were investigated, um, who were pain doctors, uh, and they were investigated uh, because a patient had complained that the doctor would not prescribe medication and they ended up being reviewed for their levels of pain 
prescriptions overall, which was a very expensive, intense and thorough process. So you just don't know. It could happen to anyone at any time. Doesn't make you a good doctor, a bad doctor. And as you've mentioned, sometimes it's just mistakes that happen that lead to it. Um, you know, things like missing something in the mail. So absolutely, so many different examples out there. Yeah, and like I said, the tax issue, at least in Illinois, um, I know some states, if you don't pay student loans, that can be a trigger for your license. Um, again, that's something that you'd want to talk to the board about and try to, you know, explain um, not paying a student loan. Maybe you can't afford to pay the student loan or something like that, but it's something obviously you don't want to ignore. Um, we've had clients that have gotten arrested for things totally unrelated to the practice of medicine and totally after work hours. Um, you know, we've sometimes that is DUIs. We've had that happen. And, you know, you, someone who doesn't work in this field may not be aware of that. You know, a lot of state medical boards have care and counseling programs where if somebody has an alcohol problem, you know, they won't take an action against your license, but they'll make sure that you follow up with counseling and you follow up with treatment and enter into a professional program. And then that's something that's not reported. It's not reportable to the public and something that you can keep your license continuing to practice medicine without any sort of suspension. So really, in, there's a variety of reasons you may be contacted, but again, all really important to make sure that you, you know, work with the medical board um, and cooperate, but, but have that representation of knowledgeable legal counsel. Great. Well, I think we've covered everything we wanted to say on this topic. Can you think of any final words you want to share? Just want to reiterate again, make sure you update all your contact information and make sure you know what the requirements are by your state medical practice act for things you have to voluntarily tell the board about. Because if you just miss disclosing something because you didn't know you had to disclose it, you can make the situation much more worse. Great. All right, everyone. Well, that was Christina Kuda, part of our health law practice at Retzel and Andrus. And I'm Erica Adler. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on the Health Law Hotspot. And you can see all of our podcasts at ralaw.com. The Retzel soon. Health Law Hotspot is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Retzel Health Law Hotspot does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Retzel Health Law Hotspot should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have.